Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Rodgers takes, pump fakes once, and again, scrambles to his right, buying time, takes it himself, he's to the five, to the end zone, for the touchdown! Aaron Rodgers, just inside the pylon, and the Packers lead it, 23-14! to <laughs> Oh, a dramatic moment. Called by one of the best in the business, and you heard it there at the end, as you have heard it a number of times. In the months since it took place, Chicago fans, yes, Aaron Rodgers, saying he owns the Bears, doing so at Soldier Field. The voice you heard there was of the great Wayne Larravee, former voice of the Chicago Bears, now longtime voice of the Green Bay Packers. He is on Twitter, at Wayne Larravee, and thank you to the Packers Radio Network for that sound. Wayne, joining me on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Wayne, how you doing this evening? Good, Anthony. How are you? Outstanding, outstanding. Always enjoy hearing your voice, my friend. And, and that moment, that was just one of many moments that you've gotten to observe Aaron Rodgers on the field. And it seems like I was detailing just the timeline even of last year, just of 2021 with so many storylines off the field for Aaron Rodgers. I'm wondering for you, just in everything that you've gotten to see and kind of calling the entirety so far of Aaron Rodgers' career, I'm wondering, has he always been kind of a, a guy who's come off kind of, I guess, you know, mercurial, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, odd in some ways with his approach to things? Or has it just been kind of him maybe developing just in his, his life choices throughout the time he's been a public figure? Well, no, I, I always think he's, he's been unique. Um, he is unique, uh, as an individual, you know, when, when you interview him, uh, you know how most athletes, uh, when you interview them, you could probably, before you even ask the question, give the answer, you know, uh, he's not like that and never has been. And, uh, so, you know, I, Hey, listen, he's a Northern California kid. He does, uh, as he said one time, uh, does March to the beat of his own drum and, and, um, you know, sometimes that, uh, that's, uh, I guess that sets you apart a little bit. He's just, uh, but I would say he's unique um, uh, in, in when it comes to the vernacular of athletes and, and uh, you know, how they, 
carry themselves in, in you know, the cliches they use. Yeah, I think that that's fair. That is definitely accurate. I'm, I'm wondering for you in in knowing and, and seeing closely how things ended with Brett Favre and Green Bay, how uncanny is it that Aaron Rodgers kind of began following the same script that eventually ended Brett Favre's time in Green Bay, and now in, in recent seasons we've seen some sort of similar tendencies play out with Rodgers? Yeah, it's been kind of similar in, you know, um, in terms of will he be back, will he not be back, that kind of game that it, uh, Brett had played back in the mid-2000s. And, uh, you know, saw a little bit of that here over the last couple of years now with Aaron. But um, hopefully this contract, and Anthony, we really don't know the particulars of it yet. Uh, that'll come after he signs it, and I don't believe he can sign anything until with the 16th or whatever. But at any rate, um, you know, when we get the particulars on it, it, it that will tell you, um, you know, where they're really going with this thing. And, and I think that the intent is for the organization and for Aaron that this is a contract that will allow him to finish his career in Green Bay. So that doesn't mean it's a one-year deal and, oh, then they'll decide what to do in the second year and then maybe a third year. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not what this is about. I, I don't think you put – this kind of a contract on the table with this much money involved, if it's going to be a one- or two-year deal, I think this is something they're planning on. He's going to be around for a while. What are your impressions of of where some of the the strife was born from? Was it as simple as the Jordan Love draft pick? I know Aaron Rodgers publicly talked about you know treatment of players and, and veterans and, and just how they – you know, maybe got cast aside at times by the franchise. But what what do you think some of the strife was born from? Was it mainly one-sided? And do you get the impression that, that they were able to work through a lot of it and are pretty much beyond it now? Yeah, I mean, you know, not speaking for Aaron and or, or the organization, um, you know, I think it was a number of things, obviously. But it was a lot of things that apparently, uh, um, you know, were – culminated over a period of time. It was not one thing. And, and I know that drafting the quarterback is something that got everybody's attention and all that. But, I, you know, I, I think that there were uh, concerns that go beyond, went beyond that. And I give the organization and Aaron a lot of credit for being open to, okay, we disagree on some things here, or uh, the, some of these things make us uncomfortable but let's work together. Let's go into this next season, meaning last year, with an open mind, and let's see if we can work some of these things out, and let's see if we can come to a, a point where everybody wants to stay together. And and they did. They did that across the, this past season. So at the end of the season, it was a much different feel with Aaron than the previous year in, in that you got the feeling that both sides kind of wanted to figure out a way to make this thing work. And after the season was over, I know Aaron stayed in town for a couple of days, had meetings with the Packers uh, front office people, and, and I think they put into place, uh, you know, um, hey, if Aaron comes back, this is how it'll work, and uh, this is the contract that he'll be working under and, and that type of thing. But, you know, there was a lot of feel that, um, hey, we want to keep this thing going, and it was both sides, and that was wholly different from what we saw at the end of the uh, 2020 season. 
the great Wayne Larravee, my guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, former voice of your Chicago Bears, current longtime voice of the Green Bay Packers. You can find him on Twitter at Wayne Larravee. I'm wondering for, for you, just in calling the games with a lot of, you know, sort of the the known the known unknowns, the uncertainties that were there about whether or not that last season was going to be the last we would see of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform. What approach did you take to it on the air? Like, did you do any kind of, you know, retrospective, you know, like if this is the last <laughs> time we see Aaron at Lambeau types of things? Or did you, you know, just sort of leave that part alone to, to see how it played out? Oh, I wish I was more eloquent. <laughs> I really do. I disappoint myself greatly. I, I do in those moments um, at the end of the season and all that. The way they lost to San Francisco was kind of shocking um, for yeah. special teams. I mean, everybody knew where their special teams were. But, you know, how could you figure you get a blocked field goal, a makeable blocked field goal, you get a punt blocked return for a touchdown, you give up a couple of returns of 40 and 30-some yards, and you lose the football game um, on those plays. And and that just – a night when the defense played really well, the offense had a tough night, um, but that's going to happen on the road to the Super Bowl. Your offense, high-flying offense, is going to get stopped by somebody, okay? That's going to happen. Now, uh, if offense is the personality of your football team, are you good enough to overcome that? For the Packers over these last 10 or 12 years since their Super Bowl run, in 2010, the defense hasn't been able to pick up the offense in those circumstances. And when that's happened, they've lost playoff games. Well, this night against San Francisco, uh, the defense was plenty good enough. And, and matter of fact, in some cases, dominated that football game, and yet they still lost. And so that was really, I, I thought that was one of the hardest playoff losses. And I've seen a number of them now with the Packers. Um, hardest, one of the hardest playoff losses to fathom because the defense did step up. And isn't defense supposed to win championships and all that stuff and, and yet uh, unable to get it done? So, um, you know, but I, I really think that what this does is gives – it certainly makes the Packers uh, relevant. And it certainly gives them a chance now to build this team around Aaron Rodgers once again uh, to make another run at it. Now, we've got salary cap issues and all that stuff that goes into it. Um, but they have the quarterback in place, and, and, you know, that doesn't guarantee Super Bowl, but it certainly gives you a leg up on most of the competition. Yeah, they got as good a fighting chance as anybody with that man behind center. There's no doubt about that. The the roster as a whole, because you, you mentioned the salary cap concerns that are there, and it's part of where I, I wondered about the communication between Rodgers and the franchise and, and whether or not he would feel like, you know, what, what's what's going to be able to be in place from yeah. a cap perspective could keep them competitive. What, what are your impressions of the current Packers roster as we see it, you know, just sitting here thinking about it right now? Yeah, and Anthony, the reason why I believed um, this that last year was the last dance um, was not just Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but so many players on that team over the last three years who had won X number of games. I mean, uh, you know, that, to me, being able to hold it all together with the cap as it is, I didn't know if they'd be able to do that. Furthermore, uh, I thought my concern at the end of the season wasn't that Aaron and the team didn't want to stay together. I was wondering, okay, can they do that and still keep a good team around him good enough to challenge the best of the NFC for a Super Bowl run? Um, Obviously, they have decided that we can do this. Uh, we can sign Aaron Rodgers. Um, they, I believe, tagged uh, Devontae Adams today. And 
and they'll work out a deal with him. And then, you know, Jair Alexander, is, is they're talking with him. Uh, they're going to have to get probably uh, Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell under contract. And they're going to lose some players. There's no doubt about that. But um, keep the, keeping their best players together is now uh, the big key to this whole thing. And obviously, they and Aaron Rodgers determined that, hey, we can do this thing and we can make a run, even though we have these salary cap concerns. Part of the, the way you do that is you push salary into the future. And you're saying, well, at some point they're going to have to pay the piper. Yes, they will. But understand something about the salary cap, which is at uh, $208 million, uh, point two, uh, um, you know, dollars right now. It'll grow. It'll grow big once these TV deals kick in next year. You'll probably see a jump of, I don't know, maybe $20 million, and maybe $20 million the year after that. So some of these charges you're kicking down the road, and other teams are doing the same thing could get covered by the increase in the cap that comes with the new television contracts kicking in. You know the voice. He's the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Wayne Larry with me on the score. The Matt LaFleur-Aaron Rodgers relationship was such a big storyline when, when LaFleur first got the job and through that first season. Where, where, do you, where do you see it as it stands right now? Has that evolved in a positive way? Yeah, I, I don't know how it could be any better. <laughs> They're pretty good friends, um, real good friends, and uh, – no, I, I, hey, Anthony, who knew, you know, when they hired Matt LaFleur, who knew how it would turn out? But uh, I got to tell you, I, I don't think it could turn out any better. You know, um, you could sit here and say, hey, I wish they had a better relationship, but I don't know how they could. So <laughs> that's kind of where they're at. That, that's a really good relationship. And, and I think that's also another factor in, in Rogers' attitude with the organization, although his problems were never with the coaching staff at all. How about Luke Getze? Because right now we, we have a, a guy in Chicago as the offensive coordinator who's going to be a first-time play caller for the Bears, and so there's a lot of newness with the Bears franchise. First-time GM, first-time head coach, first-time OC who will have the offense in his hands with a defensive head coach. And a lot of the reports out there, you're talking about the relationship Rodgers has with that coaching staff. There's a lot of reports that Rodgers really wanted Luke Getze to continue being a part of the Packers staff. So I think Bears fans are viewing that through a positive lens. But what, what were your impressions of Getze over the years? I think they should view it in a positive lens. Uh, Luke is, is ready, more than ready, to call plays and to run an offense. I, I'm very impressed with him, Anthony. I've known him over two stints with the Packers, uh, known him very well, um, just tremendously capable, smart, um, you know, the kind of guy that people want to play for, you know what I mean? That kind of guy. Mm. Um, he's not just coached, uh, you know, he's coached uh, receivers. He's coached quarterbacks. He's had an opportunity to, to spread his wings a little bit. And I think that's always good for a guy who's going to run the entire offense. Um, I'm excited for him. I'm disappointed like Aaron that he won't be here to run this offense, but understand the opportunity he got in Chicago and and that's what, what it's all about. That's really how the way of the world in the NFL. You cut your teeth uh, one place, you earn your stripes, and you go and, and you uh, step up to the plate at another place. And I, I think Luke's going to do very well. A lot of it will depend on the talent he gets to work with, that's for sure. But um, from a standpoint of uh, leadership, X's and O's, all those intangibles you look for, uh, Luke Getzey has it in spades. He's, he's really a good young coach. Do you get any impression that, that Aaron Rodgers is is slowing down or that he'll go and try to take a game show gig or anything? Are you anticipating this is at least going to be another another few years here of him tormenting Bears fans? Well, 
I, I would, based on this contract, from what I'm hearing about it, I would think he's in for at least a few more years. <laughs> I, I would hope so. I mean, why would they go to all this trouble uh, if it wasn't for, you know, something on the fair, long term, which is like three years in the NFL, as you know, long term. <laughs> a different, uh, it's different in football than it is in real life. Long term in real life is three decades. It's three years yeah. in the NFL, so... I'm sure that uh, they're they're looking at making some runs with Aaron Rodgers here, and not just one, but multiple. Hmm. Well, we know that every step of the way, your voice is going to be heard on those calls, man. One of, one of the best in the business. Really appreciate you taking the time tonight, Wayne. Hey, good being with you. Take care. That is the great Wayne Larvey. I had to say, as a, you know, I didn't want to keep Wayne too long while I kind of gushed about him on the air. But when I first started, with the Big Ten Network, uh, the 2008 year, Wayne Larravee was was in the booth. And so the initial games I called for BT, and I hadn't been in the booth before, so early in the season they kind of paired me up with a few different people in the booth. And then I did sidelines the rest of the year. And it was Wayne Larravee and Chris Martin in the booth. And so I did sidelines with Wayne for a number of games that year, basically my first year kind of doing, you know, bigger broadcast television uh, with BTN back in 08. And then the following year, I was with a, a separate crew where I was in the booth the entire season and wasn't doing any sidelines. So myself and my broadcast partner at the time was a guy named Ari Wolf, who mainly works a lot on the West Coast, done a bunch of games with Ari over the years. But we would always kind of remind each other just in trying to keep our energy up. And, you know, you, you hear the Wayne Larrabee calls on the radio all the time. You know, there's your dagger. And just all the, the emphasis and the energy he brings uh, to, to the show when he does it. And so Ari and I would basically use Wayne's name just as a, as a reminder, because football games can, especially college, man, football games can get long. Like college football games can last like three and a half, four, four plus hours if you got a passing attack on both sidelines. And so your energy can wane a little bit to go ahead and, you know, pun intended. But we would remind each other throughout the show just because of how much we respected the juice that Wayne brought to his calls. We would just look at each other every once in a while like, hey. Larvy, Larvy, Larvy. We would just like use his name as a reminder of just keeping our energy up throughout the show because you want to be able to, you know, emit that. You, you want to be able to exude the energy and the joy for the gig in the way that Wayne did. Now, you know, so many of you listened to him years ago when he was calling Bears broadcast, and now you get to hear him uh, for some of these calls he's had where Aaron Rodgers and others have been tormenting the Bears over the years that they've been in Green Bay. So go back a, a decent ways uh, with Wayne. I really appreciate him taking the time with me tonight. Uh, I'm going to react to a, a couple of things that we heard from Wayne there, and I'll give you an opportunity to react as well at 312-644-6767. That's how you can call me. That's how you can text me. We have some open phone lines here, and we're just a few minutes away from the Seattle perspective on what's happening, what is going to happen, what has been agreed upon with Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks and reportedly being on his way out to the Denver Broncos. Terms have been agreed upon by the franchises for that trade. In a few minutes, we'll have one of the top radio voices in the city of Seattle who has been there for the entirety of Russell Wilson's Seahawks career. We'll talk to him in a bit, but we've got some open phone lines on the way here, some reaction to what we just heard from Wayne Larravee, obviously knowing everything with Aaron Rodgers in depth. We'll get to that next right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Do you feel like they're, we're on the right track here and Justin is the guy? Yeah, I do. I really do. And with young quarterbacks, you're looking for flashes. And you can see that through the tape. And, and that gets you excited. And now it's about creating consistency, uh, getting back to some of the fundamentals. And the other thing I'm excited about is the coaching staff we put in place. And, and obviously it starts with Matt. But Luke Getze, like when you sit down with him, he's a special guy. And he's a teacher. He's passionate about football. And he's going to put Justin and, and really everybody in a position to succeed. So I'm excited about Oh, the voice of Bears general manager Ryan Poles talking about his new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. If there's anything here early without knowing a lot about their decision-making, certainly not their in-game management or anything of that sort, but if there's anything that concerns me with the new regime up to this point, it's frankly just their newness, their inexperience in these particular positions. All have been around the sport for a long time, of course. Ryan Poles has been in the NFL for over a decade. First time as a GM, though. Matt Eberflus has been in the NFL for 15 years. First time with the big whistle as the head man, though. And Luke Getze, two different stints in Green Bay, but both those stints, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Is there anyone who's looked like a doofus with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback in Green Bay? They all put up points. They all make plays. The Green Bay Packers offense does big things, usually certainly didn't in that playoff game. I was just talking to Wayne Larravee about a moment ago. For the most part, they put up yards, they put up points, they win games, they win divisions. And so with that, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your QB and you do big things, your resume is padded quite nicely. So Luke Getze never called a play in Green Bay. That was up to Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. But everyone up to this point, as tends to be the case in these situations, speaking very highly of the new 
hires. Let's get out to the phone line, the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And uh, the listener line right now has Josh on it. Josh is down in Dallas. What's happening, Josh? Hey, it's John. Hey, that's okay. Hey, listen, we ain't afraid of Rodgers. We never have been. Unfortunately, we just ain't been surrounded by the right talent. And if you want to beat the best, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I'm about a 35-year-old, 36-year-old quarterback. Hey, all Justin Fields needs to do is learn how to read defenses just like Aaron Rodgers. That's what separates Rodgers from the other quarterbacks. He know how to read defenses. He know how to read blitzes. He know how to call audibles. And this is all Justin Fields need to do. Put in the time, learn how to read defenses, and he'll be just fine. And the last thing, give this man a good receiver. Give him a number one to go along with Moody. Last thing, last thing. When Moody was drafted, I called in on 670 to score. I said Moody was a steal. I said the Bears made a great pick, and he's just what I said he was going to be. He's going to get better. Moody's going to get better. And all the Bears need to do, we got good tight ends, get the man a number one good receiver. Draft that receiver out of Ohio State and get another receiver to go with him and and let them rock and roll. I'll hang up and hear what you got to say. I like the sounds of that, John. Really appreciate the call from down in Texas. And uh, I'll say this, I I completely – agree with you on Darnell Mooney and I would say this there's nuance to John's point because John said he absolutely loves Darnell Mooney we have heard from Ryan Poles that he absolutely loves Darnell Mooney as well but you also heard John from down in Dallas saying the Bears need a number one receiver and so I completely agree with that it's one of the things I've been talking about on the score here where Darnell Mooney is exceptional doesn't necessarily mean he is like this true legit surefire number one who can give you everything under the sun. It's one of the things Matt Eberflus was talking about a little bit uh, during his combine press conference. Not necessarily specific to Mooney, but just the the variety of skill sets that you kind of look for out of the various receivers you'll have on your roster. You you want your your go getter, you know, who's going to take the top off the defense, who can lengthen the coverage with their speed. You also want somebody who might be viewed as sort of a slot possession, you know, quick in and out of his break type receiver, and have that within the framework of your offense as well. But you definitively want someone who can kind of do all things under the sun. You know, he talks about blocking in the run game and on the exterior being strong at the point of attack and all that because he's a defensive guy talking about offense, and that's what defensive coaches tend to address when they talk offense. They talk about running the football. They talk about guys being tough and blocking at the point of attack for the screen game and running after catch and all those things with a controlled passing attack. So there's some things to, to certainly pick up from how Matt Eberflus describes his, his expectations for players on the Bears' offense. But I think to that caller in Dallas, John's point, Darnell Mooney, exceptional, certainly hasn't proven himself to be that, that surefire definitive number one, that alpha that you want in the receiver room. Don't mean he can't play, though, because he has definitely shown that he can play, and he is impressed just in, in meetings, impressed the Bears brass with his approach to things, and Ryan Poles talked about him standing out on film as well. So you got to love that, where at least there's some pieces here that they're excited about. 312-644-6767 is the number to call and the number to text as well. Get a couple of texts in before we, uh, we get the Seattle perspective on things uh, let's see uh, the 815 enjoying the show. I really appreciate you uh, pointing that out. 
about the insight here being shared. Uh, what was it? I saw one from the from six three zero that I enjoyed. Who who was? Uh, oh yes, let me see. Uh, Wayne Larrabee is totally off base. That game was Rogers' fault. He's going to say, "quote Offense has an off night and blame special teams." Produced ten points and he's paid forty million dollars. I feel you, six three zero. I do. That game was Aaron Rodgers' fault. Still the best quarterback in football. Well, you know what? One of the two best quarterbacks in football going right now. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes. Uh, you can certainly make a case for him. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He was exceptional throughout the majority of the playoff run until he wasn't. Uh, just as tends to be the case uh, with most players. You know, when, when you have an off night, when you have a bad game, when that takes place, can your teammates rally around you? Can your teammates pick you up? We, we did see multiple stretches, you know, where Patrick Mahomes didn't necessarily look like the elite of the elite like we've come to expect from him in his football career. And certainly at the end of the Chiefs season, he didn't look like that. Aaron Rodgers, while he didn't necessarily turn the football over himself, but special teams gave up some big moments. And uh, even in a night where the defense was able to keep them in the game, they, they just weren't able to make it happen consistently enough. And so you saw another game where Green Bay got eliminated. They got eliminated at home at Lambeau where there was a stretch of football where the Packers seemed unbeatable at Lambeau, especially in the playoffs, but that hasn't been the case so much uh, as of late. So it's, a, it's an interesting time in Green Bay. I think the for the moment, you got like Caller John or like the texter from the 630 showing no fear of Aaron Rodgers, wanting the Bears to be able to take down that man in Green Bay who says he owns Bears fans and he owns the Bears I dig that. I get that. I, I understand that. In the end, I think when you look at it with some some true perspective on what we've seen from that guy and the, the way that he's played the game, hard to argue with, uh, with the, the level of, of spectacular highlights, all those moments that have been happening with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So I got, definitely got respect from that. Um, let's see another texter who was out there. Oh, it, oh, talking about a trade for Jordan Love. See, that's an interesting topic. Uh, specific to Jordan Love and, and what he does from here. Here's my perspective. I was talking about this a little bit earlier, and that's from the, the 847. Has Jordan Love asked for a trade yet? My perspective on that, I think that Jordan Love is in a position himself where learning behind Aaron Rodgers is certainly not a bad thing. Just for the longevity of your career, though, you will need to get onto the field and just show folks you can play the game. What we saw from him in limited action this past season didn't necessarily set the world ablaze. He, he didn't look like a guy who the Packers should just hand over the offense and hand over the franchise to yet, but neither did Aaron Rodgers early in his career. Now, Rodgers still has a style of play that will extend plays, that will move around. He, he, he gets the ball out in rhythm and on time really consistently, but he's still also a guy who will throw off platform. He's still also a guy who will run around and extend plays and do things that it seems like most humans really shouldn't be capable of doing. So he does at times put himself in harm's way, but he is slick and elusive enough to get away with it, to make it happen. Point being, it could still end up seeing a scenario where just like this past season, where Jordan Love has to, at some point, enter the lineup. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old. Getting ready to turn 39. Like, but before the end of this next season, he'll be a 39 year old quarterback. So he'll be well into his 40s before you get to this, the end of this three or four year deal. But from Jordan Love's perspective specifically, and really I'm wondering how the Packers' perspective will work out on this part also. 
they did spend a first-round pick on him. He isn't taking up a lot of cap space, though, just being on this rookie deal. So they still have some time to be patient with it and just allow him to continue to back up Aaron Rodgers for the time being. If there is another squad in the National Football League that has just sort of fallen in love with Jordan Love's ability throughout the draft process, and they say, all right, he's been in the league for a little bit. He's gotten some work. He's been in the meetings. Now we feel like he's a guy we can develop and bring him in to at least compete for the quarterback job. Then maybe Green Bay can get something in return. But I'd be I'd be really surprised if someone were going to give up like a first round pick for Jordan Love or something like that. He just he's gotten a little bit of run. He hasn't shown enough to to make it feel like he's worthy of that. So my guess, just sitting here, you know, a few hours removed from the Aaron Rodgers news, is that we'll get at least one more season of Jordan Love as his backup. That's that's just my guess. Who knows? I, I could be completely off base on that. Everybody's got their their first love. Sometimes that first love was some guy who stood up on the table for Jordan Love and his team just wasn't able to attain him. Who knows? But my guess is we'll get at least one more season of Love backing up Rodgers in Green Bay. We'll see what's on the table for him after that point. I promised you we're going to get the Seattle perspective. I'll take a timeout. We'll do that. We'll get one of the top sports talk radio voices in Seattle to tell us everything that went down with Dangerous. Russell Wilson as he's on the move to Denver. We'll do that next year on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That's what happened when you get this run game going. You get guys that have bad eyes, their eyes get in the backfield, then you had tight ends running free. At the voices of Gus Johnson and Keep Tlaib on the call from Fox Sports. Thanks to them for that audio and final time that Seahawks fans, well, we would presume that it will be the final time as the machinations of Russell Wilson's, I don't know, extrication from the extraction from the Seattle Seahawks by the Denver Broncos has ensued. There are physicals being passed. There are players who are working their way in opposite ends of that mountain and Pacific time zone. Russell Wilson reportedly will be now with the Denver Broncos. We'll continue to track that closely. And a man who has tracked the entire career of Danger Russ Wilson in his time with the Seahawks joins me now on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. You can find him on Twitter at SoftyKJR. He's one of the top sports star radio hosts in the city of Seattle at Sports Radio KJR. He is Dave Softy Molly. Softy, how you doing this evening, man? Anthony, what's happening, big guy? One of the most versatile names and voices in sports media today. He's TV. He's radio. He's social media. He's like a butterfly, baby. He does it all. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, how I'm are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. This has been quite a day in uh, in sports media. The NFL just won't get out the way. You know, baseball has a chance yep. to make a little news. They say, nope, NBA regular season coming down the close. Nope. It's all about football today. And you, you've seen what's been happening there with Russell Wilson. What, what are your, your overarching impressions? What, what has been the – well, actually, before we get to yours specifically, just the city's reaction. What, by yeah. Twitter, it seems yeah. that Seahawks fans are, are rather up in arms about Russell Wilson actually being I think, I think everybody's just shocked, first of all. I mean, deals like this don't happen in the NFL, right? Like, how often do you actually see franchise quarterbacks get traded – 
in the National Football League, and then on top of that, get traded with two years left on their deal. I mean, it's not like the Seahawks and Russell Wilson got together over the offseason of 2023 next year and said, hey, let's get something done. You've got a year left on your contract, and we'd like to kind of figure out your future and not have you go into the season as a lame duck. And then they meet, and they have an impasse, and they can't figure it out. And they just decide to part ways. I mean, they they didn't even bother getting to that point, right? Like, if you're a couple and you're going through divorce proceedings, they they didn't even bother to meet with a therapist. They just said, the hell with it. We're going to cut this thing off now and just move on and get a divorce, man, without even talking to a counselor, without even seeing if they can save the marriage. I mean, they didn't even think about the kids, Anthony. They just said, the heck with it. We're going to break up right now. So I, I, I think that was the most surprising part of the whole deal. I think we all thought there was a real possibility that this was going to happen. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson opened the door for the idea that he was not going to be here long term when he went on with Dan Patrick and was critical of the team and his agent came out with four teams he'd like to play for. I mean, at that exact moment in time, there was a question mark about his long-term future, but we thought there was a better chance of it happening next offseason, not this offseason. So, you know, the Aaron Rodgers stuff came down this morning, and we thought, oh, man, we're going to milk that all day long in regards to what that means for Russell. And then an hour later, boom, Russell got traded. So crazy day, man. And the reports that this deal had been at least getting worked on for the last couple of weeks between Wilson and Denver, and, and reportedly the no-trade clause has been you know, passed off. He has signed off on that. He has passed yep. his physical the the Seahawks' career in retrospect uh, by Russell Wilson, and now that it is officially going to be in the rearview mirror, I, I was talking earlier on the show here tonight that you know Aaron Rodgers is is you know in a different stratosphere, but both are on their way to the Hall of Fame. Both are perennial Pro Bowlers. Rodgers is perennial MVP type guy, so there's there's a different stratosphere there. But how great uh, a player has Russell Wilson been in Seattle? Well, he's the best quarterback the Seahawks have ever had. He's one of the top four or five players in the history of the franchise. I mean, we're talking about Kenny Easley, uh, Cortez Kennedy, Walter Jones, Steve Largent, and probably Russell Wilson, right? Those are the top five players that this franchise has ever had, and the other four players are Hall of Famers. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a pretty simple proposition. I mean, his legacy, I think, is pretty secure. There might be some people now that are down on him because I think Seahawks fans, Anthony, are having a hard time, honestly, coming to grips with the idea that Russell Wilson no longer wanted to play here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know this as well as me, that NFL teams, you know, coaches and GMs don't just trade franchise quarterbacks unless they have to. And the fact that Russell Wilson was willing to waive his no-trade clause to get this done, I think is a pretty clear sign that he did not want to be here anymore. And the fact that he's being traded, even just the idea, is a sign that he didn't want to be here anymore. And Hawk fans are having a hard time, I think, embracing that. But, yeah, his, his legacy should be secure. You know, if you would have told me 10 years ago they're going to draft this five foot ten and 3 quarters quarterback out of Wisconsin at number 75 in the third round, he's going to become the best quarterback that team's ever seen he's going to win you a title 
He's going to be a perennial pro bowler. He's going to come close to winning a second championship. But the price you got to pay is that 10 years in, he's going to want out of there and want to go try something else and go play for somebody else. I would say, where do I sign, right? I mean, it's the same thing with Ken Griffey Jr. Griffey was here for over a decade, became the best player in baseball, and then wanted to go back home and play for Cincinnati. So I would take, I would take that run out of Russell Wilson and Ken Griffey Jr. And the way things ended with Gary Payton as well, with with the Sonics, I would take those runs every single time if I could if I could guarantee that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Continuing my discussion here with Dave Softy Mahler on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Joining me on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline. You can find Softy on Twitter at Softy KJR. Uh, I'm wondering about the the season that was just played where Russell Wilson breaks his middle finger on his throwing hand, has it surgically repaired, returns to the lineup more quickly than anyone anticipated and statistically still had a a really good year. It wasn't a Russell Wilson level year, but how is there any concern that that you think maybe Broncos fans should have that maybe he's lost his fastball, lost his step, isn't the guy he once was? Well, I think, I think what Bronco fans better plan on doing is having a great defense and a great running game to compliment him. I mean, he's, he's not a guy, at least he was not in the last couple of years, that could carry a football team all by himself. And what I mean by that is Patrick Mahomes is the kind of guy that can put up 35, 40 points a game. I think Dak Prescott in some ways is that kind of guy. Aaron Rodgers in some ways is that kind of guy. You know, we're going to see how much they let him cook in Denver, right? I mean, that was the big argument up here. You know, how much do they open things up for Russell Wilson? And, you know, it was a Coach Hackett down there in Denver now. How much does he let Russell Wilson kind of run the offense? Does he let him throw it 45 times a game? Does he want to have a great running game? Because Russell Wilson so far in Seattle has really never won without a great running game and really without a great defense. And I, I don't know what Denver is expecting out of him. I know Denver had a really good defense a year ago, just like in Seattle, but they were missing the quarterback, and now they have the quarterback. So he's 34 years old. He doesn't have the running and scrambling skills the way he used to, obviously. He's more of a pocket passer, and the ratings and the numbers show that he can be that guy once he gets protection. But if you're going to go trade for a Ferrari, you better damn well build a pretty decent garage to protect the car. And that means putting together a decent offensive line. That's the number one thing they have to do. And the Seahawks have not done that in Seattle. Either A, because they weren't spending the money, or B, because they were blowing draft picks on defensive linemen and trying to turn them into offensive linemen. So I, I, I would just ask Denver, if you're looking for Russell Wilson to carry the entire football team for yourself, you know, what, what, what has gone on in Seattle the last couple of years that makes you think he can do that? Because I don't think he's that kind of quarterback anymore. Why didn't this work anymore with Carolyn Wilson? Yeah. You know, I was asked that today by somebody, and I think it just comes down to a perspective of, and Anthony, I, I don't know how long you've been doing what you've been doing for, you know, the companies that you're currently working for, but sometimes you just want to try something new, right? I mean, sometimes you just want to have a change, and all of us have a certain amount of time on this rock before it's all said and done, and you don't want to have any regrets if there's something out there that you want to do, if there's something out there that you want to experience and you want to try. I think people now more than ever are going out there and saying, the, you know, the heck with it. I want to do it. 
And I think Russell Wilson is not unlike anybody else. I mean, his, his window of doing those things in football obviously is closing. You know, he doesn't have forever in football to pull off something like that. And I just think Russell was here for 10 years, and to have a coach and a player together for that long – you don't really see that. You don't see coaches and players together for that long. I mean, Roethlisberger had Cower, and then he had Mike Tomlin. Brady had Belichick. You know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, obviously. But you don't see coaches and players stay together that long. And I think at some point down the road, Russell Wilson just wanted something new. He wanted something different for whatever reason. He wanted maybe more input in what the football team was all about. And he wasn't going to get that here in Seattle with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Maybe in Denver with a brand-new coaching staff and a younger GM and a younger head coach. Maybe they're more apt to give a veteran guy like Russell a bit more of the say. But, you know, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. He's not going to let Russell Wilson tell him how to do things in Seattle. He's won. In Seattle, John Schneider has won a championship in Seattle. They're not going to tell Russell, let Russell Wilson tell them how they should do things because they were the ones that brought Russell Wilson here in the first place. So I just think at some point, all of us just want something new, and I don't think Russell Wilson is any different. That was the thing that I just that one of those last notions you referenced, where obviously Pete Carroll had won national championships in college, but as a professional, yep. he had his most success with Russ. Russ's only success has come with Pete Carroll as his coach. It seemed like maybe those two would be tied at the hip throughout the entirety of their careers, and it, it is. It, it's surprising that that's not how it ended up. When this initially, when Russell Wilson went on the Dan Patrick show, whatever it was, like right. last February, and started having some of those utterances, did you think we'd be here at this point? I thought there was a chance it could happen, you know, uh, because, again, he opened the door for that to happen. And that's the thing is that before that interview, before that moment in time, before that era, I guess, if you will, nobody was talking about that. We all thought Russell Wilson, oh, he'll be here until he's 40 years old. You know, maybe he'll pull a Joe Montana or a Brett Favre and go play for somebody else for a year or two. But he's going to be here for the long haul. And then the interview happened with Dan Patrick. And then the agent comes out with teams he wants to play for. And then he starts to get a little more, you know, uh, kind of uh, boisterous and a little more opinionated with his thoughts and sharing them in public. I mean, Anthony, you got to understand, Russell Wilson was never a guy to rock the boat. Ever, ever, ever to rock the boat. And then all of a sudden he comes out and it's like, Kip Dynamite after he met LaFonda in Napoleon Dynamite. He's just totally different, right? He's just acting different. He's talking different. He's walking different. He's dressing different. He's putting all this weird stuff on social media, and it just changed after that moment in time. So I thought there was a chance that we could get to this point, and that deteriorated and became more of a possibility as the months and the days went by. You know, he would always give himself an out. Yeah, I'd like to be here, but... Blah, blah, blah. Pete Carroll at the Combine. We have no intention of trading Russell Wilson, but. And so the door was always open for something like this to happen. Softy, you're the goods, my guy. We got a Napoleon Dynamite reference in. That is yeah, a great baby. way Yeah, baby, you don't in. get that very often on this radio <laughs> station. That's why you guys need some West Coast flavor. <laughs> no doubt. Appreciate you, man. Outstanding stuff. Look forward to talking to you again soon. You got it, man. See you, bud. That is Dave Softy Baller from out in Seattle. He's been covering uh, every ounce of what's been going on throughout all of Russell Wilson's career and, uh, and a hilarious individual, as you just heard there. So it was, wasn't too long ago. I mean, it was about a year ago this time where 
the rumors were beginning to swirl about whether or not Russell Wilson was going to end up being the Bears quarterback. And then, of course, that did not play out. They didn't make that happen, and we end up with Russell Wilson. It started, don't end up with Russell Wilson. We didn't get Russell Wilson here in Chicago, and so we end up with Justin Fields instead. Maybe Russ 2.0 is kind of you know, one of the ways I've described him, just his approach to things, his game, his acumen, his big game hunting with the deep ball accuracy, willingness to hold the football, looking for those big plays and everything else. We'll see whether or not you know, the career of Justin Fields ends up mirroring that from a win-loss perspective to what we've seen in Seattle and will now see in Denver from Danger Russ. Well, we've talked all football throughout the entirety of the evening here. Let's transition to a little hoops talk because the Bulls did play basketball last night. There was another disappointing result from Bulls basketball last night. And Vincent Goodwill was on with Bernstein and Rahimi earlier today and has some really, really intriguing things to say about where he sees things over there at the United Center. And, you know, not quite as uh, not quite as down on the Bulls as some might have expected from Vinny. We'll hear that next on The Score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.